Yo neighbors, welcome back to the show. You're here for another episode of the Strange Neighborhood Podcast with Kaylin Gettler. Today on the show, I invited an old friend from way back in high school to come and talk about her life with us. Now, we do get into a little bit of ghost stuff and high strangeness at the end, but most of it is just um, good stories about life. She works in the film industry in Vancouver. She just recently quit her job um, working at a swingers club there too and has a lot of great stories to tell. We just chatted for a couple hours. I hope you enjoy this episode and uh, stay tuned for tomorrow when I drop my season finale or my um, year-end show that I did with Andy Rouse, the Boxing Day special. Um, yeah, and that drops Friday, tomorrow. Tomorrow after this one, so yeah. We talk about all <clears throat> the stuff we usually like to talk about. Box Haga, false history, all kinds of ancient mysteries and anomalous shit. And I hope you guys come back for that one, and I hope you really like this episode. Thanks for hanging with me this year, and uh, I love you guys. start recording then i'll just edit in whenever we want to start we just want to talk about your story or what story about my life in vancouver yeah, yeah. <laughs> or whatever <laughs> you know let's talk about the strike because a lot of people didn't know there was a huge film strike that was happening from last of this year so i was doing monster high the sequel musical and that ended in March, and then the strike started in May. So it started with the writers. So you, you can't really have a movie without someone writing it. You know yeah. what I mean? And apparently it's been a long time coming for, like, better rights, pay, and all that kind of stuff. And when the CEO of Disney, Mr. Igor... And all these other CEOs besides Netflix, like Netflix was actually pretty humble because the new CEO of Netflix was a production assistant like myself. He started that way and now he's the CEO. So he knows what it's like to be at the very bottom and then working your way to the top. And then hearing the Disney CEO literally say to writers, well, why don't you just lower your lifestyle and maybe you'll be able to afford things in life. And it's like, well, excuse wow. you, Mr. How many hundreds and thousands of dollars of jet planes and cruise ships and meetings and all this fucking shit. It's just like, you sound like our prime minister. That's crazy. <laughs> wow. Imagine. So when the actors heard that, they were like, 
let's go. <laughs> so they joined the line. And that's why a lot of the Oppenheimer uh, cast walked out at their opening night. Yeah. That's crazy. I never really thought, like, I do have, like, a few friends in the film industry down in Vancouver, but I didn't really you think do? about how that would apply to them. Yeah, like, well, <clears throat> they not like anyone high. Well, actually, like, yeah, I... <laughs> I, I know someone who's like a stunt woman and like her dad's like in film and like Hollywood. She works in Vancouver and she's been in a bunch of like Netflix series and movies. And then my other friend just is like, does, I don't know the terms, but like he, he must, I think he does like electrical on sets. Alex. Yeah. So I guess two people, <laughs> um, but I never really thought about how this like probably well, is really affecting them. People that you know, another that is looking for work, like yeah. <laughs> so what? Um, what does a production assistant do? Okay, so a production assistant, uh, we are considered non-union workers. We're not in a union whatsoever, but we're working with DGC, which is Directors Guild of Canada. Um, we're trying to work with them to put us in the union because basically the step up for me being a production assistant would be like uh, on set keys. So you would be that person that talks directly to camera, to a producer, to a director. And then you have your little minions that are in these little lockup positions wherever on set. And then depending on where the camera is facing, you have to make sure nobody's going to walk into the shot oh, kind of yeah. deal. And then no, no creating shadows, making sure oh, people yeah. are being all that kind of stuff. And we're the first people in. So we set everything up. So if it's not at studio where you be used to like where things will always be kind of set up and moved mm -hmm. around, say you're going to a really nice mansion in West Vancouver there's going to be hills, there's going to be stairs, there's going to be slippery rocks outside if we do an outside shot, there's going to be lawns that we have to protect and gardens that we have to protect and make sure people are not like fucking around on the property, mm -hmm. messing with the house, fucking hitting drywall, fucking putting holes in the wall. <laughs> <laughs> I, I bet there's like so much people that you have to manage as well, like over yeah. sometimes over 500 people on a set and i'm just like oh my god and i'm the lead prep so i'm the one that's like oh you don't <laughs> you have like you're like at the top and you have to be like you tell uh, like, branches down kind of from you yeah so like if someone breaks something they have to tell me and i have oh, to yeah. like take pictures of it send it to construction and paint and be like hey it's in this area of the house if you need to come out here i'm always here blah blah blah. talk to my boss etc etc but um sometimes you know accidents happen somebody accidentally scuffs a wall and it's like that's okay cleaners can fix that that's that's an easy budget fix that's not yeah. an expensive budget fix where someone took their camera cart and didn't turn properly but somehow took a chunk of concrete off the fucking wall jeez <laughs> i don't know how <laughs> very oh. baffled i just looked at her and i was like please tell me you don't drive <laughs> she's like she's like i do 
<laughs> great um <laughs> well I, I yeah it's like that with any job I think there's always going to be like <laughs> the people on you is like fucking it up for you and <laughs> yeah and sometimes there's drama of like someone that's like why can't I go that way and I'm like you don't see the logic of like why we set it up this way no I don't and I'm like well let me tell you the homeowner basically the root cause of it all the homeowner doesn't want you to so yeah. can we leave it at that <laughs> yeah the person who fucking owns this place. <laughs> so um <laughs> yeah that's really interesting and like so you probably deal with like a lot of big egos or what in that industry or like yeah so you probably I tell you like, you know me from high school being an artist and how like I was like you know a creative little weirdo but I wasn't like you know that weird <laughs> <laughs> I was neutral, but I explored, you know, all the yeah. fucking shit. Like, what's it like to be a hippie? What's it like to be a gap? What's it like to be a punk? Like, you know, just like explore the fucking rainbow. <laughs> that sort of was my vibe. I was just like, see what I like. I still am like that. I still am dabbling in like everything all the time. And like, we yeah. change seven years as a human, right? And then life changes so much more faster than that from what we see and what we play with in our hands see in front of our eyes in the world itself and it's just like holy fuck slow the fuck down <laughs> yeah. it is really crazy how fast things change i think like yeah i don't know Especially so like in uh for work like landscaping for eight hours is so much weirder than like working a 15 or an 18 hour shift on set and I'm just like I'm not used to these short days I feel like I'm being tricked <laughs> yeah so so yeah since the strike what have you been doing have you had to like change everything you were doing then or like so what's yeah. how's that affected you uh it affected me a lot because we didn't know what was going to happen we didn't know how long the strike would be we didn't know if it was going to be like a dgc strike or an iac strike where it only lasted like eight months and then you went back to work because your ei is only so long and after so long you're like well fuck i gotta go do something else because gotta figure it out and strike yeah. so we came off in the strike in november and the AMPTP, which is like all these big CEOs and all your stream people, so your Prime, Netflix, Hulu, all those people, um, they're the ones that were calling the shots to do like this deal with the writers and the actors. But apparently the actors also had a long time coming change too, because there were so many people that, you know, you look at like these high-end people that we watched in the 90s, for example, and they show like their million dollar mansion homes that were like probably $500,000 in the Beverly Hills in that time. So they yeah. were fucking cheap in their eyes from how much money they were making. And then what's it called? Cribs. When you would walk through people's mansions. You and think shit. you know, but you have no idea. <laughs> exactly. Not every single actor that you kind of see today that are like your new favorites 
they don't really have that. Look at Taylor Swift. She has a, a big ass apartment in New York, right? And she's like, she's this close of being a billionaire, basically. Yeah. Like she's pretty much billionaire status now that yeah. she's got like a football player on her side now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like it's mind blowing. But at the same time, like to me, my parents have like a big timber frame home. And when I was house sitting it during the summer while I was on strike, like, swear to God, like, I live in a small space and it's nice to know where all my shit is when I can fucking find it in a small space. But when I'm in my parents' house in a two story timber frame home with the basement and a garage and over, pff, I don't know, it's a huge fucking yard. It's huge. If I could show Google Maps right now, like, how big it yeah. is, fucking yard. So, yeah. Sometimes I'm going back and forth. I'm like, where the fuck did I put that shit? Yeah. No, <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> we just moved into like, me and my daughter just moved into like a really small house, like just a little tiny two bedroom house, no basement. And it's like super cute and cozy, but like, it's like so easy to clean. I know we find my daughter just said that to me today. She's like, we never lose anything in this house. We could find it so easy. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> yeah no it works out good i mean i don't need that much space and i don't like sweeping that much or vacuuming so (laughs) and you know it's for us here we have very light uh laminate flooring in the bedrooms which is like that light uh gray white laminate floor wood like and then tile that's all throughout the house but it's like that white gray marble fake marble look and it's so easy to tell when it's dirty or like dirt has been trailed in and you're just like nope (laughs) quickly clean it you don't have to sweep like a 300 or 3,000 square feet to get it clean and yeah like my mom cleans like these big ass beams in her home with uh, a Swiffer duster on a ladder and I tried it once and I just looked at her and I was like I feel like I need to be strapped in <laughs> this is insane <laughs> yeah it's unsafe totally we would not allow this on set <laughs> no exactly right and that would be me like get down like get down fucking give me a heart attack mon <laughs> so but, what yeah what um <laughs> How did you get into the film industry? Like what led you into this industry anyway? Oh God. So this is actually a really crazy story. Um, <laughs> so October, November, December, I was going through this very rough patch with my ex and wanting to be with him, not wanting to be with him. Is there a change in the wind? Do I stay? Do I go? Do we fix things? So I left and then the pandemic happened and then I couldn't leave because nobody was allowed to leave anywhere so I was trapped so I lived cohesive with my ex until Uh. CERB and then moved out and then when CERB was ending uh, a friend of mine that's from Prince George her boyfriend has actually a famous brother who's an actor and he actually acts in the movies that his wife writes and they're in a little hallmark 
you probably will recognize him. Uh, his name is uh, Sevier is his last name, but uh, Kyle is my boss. But I keep forgetting his fucking brother's name. But anyways, I'm not really uh, good about names. But if you like told me something he was in, maybe. <laughs> I just recently watched one too. It's a Christmas one. It's a new one. Um, oh my god, damn it! Hang on. Just you gotta gonna, Google it because that's school, school you gonna leave everyone hanging. Go through the Google Cast <laughs> and be like, what if, what if I watch the movie? Right? Oh my god. It'll be like, you know, watch again kind of thing in that. Oh, yeah. yeah. So I wonder if it'll be in there. But anyway, so uh Kyle's girlfriend, who's just a friend of mine from Prince George, she contacted me and asked me, Hey, did you find a job? And I was like, actually, no. I'm getting emails saying, I didn't get the job. Which was like, I've never seen this before. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, is this how we were like replying to people? Like, oh, no, I didn't get the job. There's. It's like, fuck off email or whatever. <laughs> yeah. And there were times that I would read the email and I'm like, that's just rude. Just yeah. Like, and it just, you know, baffled kind of deal. Where is this fucking movie? Um, <laughs> trying to find it. Uh, oh, my God. Um, I wonder if I type in his name, like the last name. Um, yeah. So she called me up and she was like, why don't you come work in film? And I was like, wait, can you say that again? And she's like, come work in film. And I was just like, okay. Oh, for God's sakes. Sevier. <laughs> there you go. That's how I, I spell everything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'll just say it out loud. Take me back to Christmas. Noel next door. Northern Lights of Christmas. Pumpkin Holy. everything. Grounded for Christmas. Christmas everything. Part of the holidays. <laughs> Holy. <laughs> He's a real... Famous Hallmark Christmas. There's a whole whack of it. There's a whole whack of it. Just like. There it is. Oh, yeah, that guy. Okay, okay. That guy. Okay, okay. That guy. Yeah, that guy. (laughs) So that's my boss's brother. Um, So he's an actor and he acts in. Everything that his wife writes, basically. (laughs) Which is so funny because, like, he acts with like another woman, and it's like always like writes him into like romantic parts with other women. Yeah, (laughs) to do this with this woman, (laughs) it's gonna be so romantic. (laughs) It's kind of crazy. Like, oh, I see your. It's probably not, but either way. <laughs> so then they just like <clears throat> hired you and you just started in that position or did you start in like a other position first? Uh so me and Kenzie were like a two in one deal because during that time my ex was holding my car against me for about six months until I got it back. Mm, fucking um, dudes. <laughs> so I slept on my bosses and my friends couch in their apartment before they moved to one of the Brentwood Towers and I would sleep on the couch and go to work with Kenzie and be like her little co-pilot and just like 
go to work together, leave together, and then we would discuss like, uh, is Kyle buying dinner? He's like, yeah, Kyle's buying <laughs> dinner. I was like, good. So we're just gonna shower and just wait for dinner, right? And she's like, yeah. <laughs> Like, after, like, a long day in the rain and fucking Steveston, and it's just coming down on you, and you're in how many layers, and you're just like, I can feel the wetness coming, <laughs> and I don't have any extra clothes. <laughs> push through these next fucking five hours. <laughs> Bullshit. Crazy. But luckily, when we're like that, we just text on our WhatsApp, and we're like, ah. Getting wet. Like this. <laughs> Can I go change? Yeah. Can I, like, go across the street here and buy another fucking jacket, <laughs> like, a poncho or something. <laughs> there any trash bags? Yeah. Had to do that at Alouette Lake. It was the coldest, wettest week in Alouette Lake for Home Before Dark season two, and us PAs are out in the woods. It's all fucking wooded, like to the fucking max, and it's cold. And it's wet. And they took our talent toaster heaters to keep us warm in our little spots. And they're like, sorry, we have to take this away. And we're like, why? Why? You're taking my electric fire. What are you doing with my electric fire? And they're like, well, the cast is cold. And, you know, they're kids. And I'm like, okay, I understand they're like 10 years old and shit. But, like, is there not, like, a fucking Air Force heater down there with a propane tank or something? Like, that's going to warm them up a lot faster than that fucking talent toaster. <laughs> I'm telling you that. No, they stole all our talent toasters to keep the cast warm because they were basically on like this rocky bank of the lake and the wind was just like hitting them hard, apparently. So they're just like, well, shit. So luckily for me, I would take these little like hot hand packets. Some are for your shoes summer like for your hands yeah. or just like little, like i use them gloves. when i go snowboarding sometimes so if i get like cold helpful. fingertips put them in my gloves <laughs> so helpful i would put two of each in my bra oh, and i would yeah. put a couple in the back and then if i have back pockets i'll try to put them in my back pockets and if i have uh inner pockets from like a layer of pants i'll put them in there so they're kind of like on my thighs Sometimes I'll have the wraps and the wraps really help, but I'm just like, no, man, these things are like water and they need to stay warm because if once I get cold and these get cold, it's like freezing temperatures, dude, I'm done. Yeah. (laughs) And then once you get the chill in you, it's just like, especially with the damp, it's terrible. Exactly. The damp titties will get you sick. (laughs) So, um... What uh, what kind of shows or movies did you work on so far? Uh, so Home Before Dark season two. Is that like um, that? Can you tell us what that is? It's oh, so it's a little girl that looks up to her dad because he's an investigator and writes about like with crime and whatnot. So she likes to join in on the fun, and she was like investigating this thing that was happening in her town, kind of deal. Oh yeah. Yeah, and it's with Brooklyn Prince, and I believe is her name. She's in Cocaine Bear. She's that little girl. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So oh. worked with her, and then James uh, Strusis. He's in Across the Universe. Oh yeah, I love yeah. So him, 
I worked with them. Um, and then the other kids, I can't remember their name. But my name is in the credits. Heat <laughs> wave. So that was good. That was with Merritt Patterson. It's Ernie Babarash's film. And I was like his little assistant on set because I would mostly work on set. I had to be the person right at the door when the two girls are just going at it at each other. And then everybody on the WhatsApp's texting me and they're just like, how's it going over there, man? It's no different from working in a swingers club, guys. It's no <laughs> or the fucking porn shop with the fucking video rooms in the back like it's no different wait back up okay wait tell, tell us about the swingers club obviously <laughs> obviously everyone's gonna want to know let's hear oh, about yeah. that job the colorful life of mandy a swingers club that's fucking awesome let's hear it i want to hear about it <laughs> when did you work there? Right. it was in vancouver <laughs> Right in Vancouver, uh, New Westminster to be exact. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, the club is called Club Eden, and basically, you go with your date, you go with your partner, your wife, your husband. And if you've never been there, you get like a little video of the beginning after you sign in kind of deal like, and it's so you've decided to swing how do you start this and i'm just like wow like, like i've heard this the video, video so okay <laughs> <laughs> and i still get people that will come up to me and they're just like so how do i how do i talk to people about this stuff and i'm like well first off compliment what they're wearing <laughs> Like, learning 101 <laughs> yeah it's like when you're trying to make a new friend in school you're just taking like little baby steps until you know you're opening on something in common and then it'll just go you know and obviously having a few drinks will fucking help kind of deal obviously. but people get more friendlier after they've had a few drinks too because i was also the gatekeeper oh uh, so when people got too friendly you gotta step in well there's even times that couples will try to push me in a corner and they're like he should have fun with us and i'm just like oh, wow you're like i'm getting paid to do something I else i am not a fucking <laughs> <laughs> i am not a gatekeeper and a fucking sex keeper at the Taylor, okay <laughs> belongs to oh. someone else at that time back at home but I was like, if I was single, you know, maybe there's no rules, but I'm at work. <laughs> like, right. Right. Like, what the fuck? But then that's when I found out that when my bosses, there were two women and they would have their boyfriends with them and they would go up and they would go do the deed. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, they're what? <laughs> wow. That's when I knew, like, I was like, oh, my God. Everyone's getting laid in this place like, but me. Every <laughs> You're like, the wait, fuck is this? the only person in the Swingers Club that isn't getting laid. It was very oh. painful. <laughs> oh, interesting, interesting. Did you um 
do you have any like good stories or like any stories that stand out that you're always like oh man that was a good story from oh yeah there was definitely the few regulars that would come every so often that I would recognize most of the time they would have the same date maybe other times they would have somebody different but I just remember one guy specifically every time he saw me the girl like she never knew she never knew that he was staring at me when I'm just like walking around making sure there's no perv in the corner jacking off by himself making sure everyone's fucking safe making sure that people are like not doing anything dumb like all that kind of stuff right like security Handing out condoms and shit. <laughs> like, what? Oh my gosh, she's got a nice ass. Oh, she's got a nice ass. Like, wow, <laughs> it's yeah. everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Pits and ass everywhere. Oh, and uh, this one guy, he would like literally just like throw her girl bent over so fast and then like start thrusting at her and just like stare at me. And be like, look what I can do. And I'm just like, that's like right now. <laughs> it's all around me, you moron. <laughs> like, I see this shit all the time. So people are just like, lay out the lay out the vibe inside. Like, what's it like? Is there like different rooms or like uh So you would go up the stairs and then it's like the first entryway. There's bathrooms on either side for like men and women, but there's like this one room right behind where I would be. And each this room is so huge that there's these huge like sofa couches and then there's curtains that you can like draw oh. and separate no, or yeah. you can take them back if you want to have one big group setting kind of thing yeah so <laughs> and there are times that you know when it wasn't a sex club how many saturdays in a month it was a venue for like uh, weddings or high school events, uh, other celebrations. We had a birthday party one time and I had all these adults ask me in that room and we're looking at all the sofa couches and we had to design them in a way to make it look like we can't make this look like it's a fucking sex room, guys. Yeah. How can we do that, Mandy? And I was like, I don't know. Maybe you should have bought red sofa couches. Like, the sexiest couches you could buy. The couches that you have, Linda. Fuck. <laughs> fucking crazy. You don't have fucking, you know, couch covers. So it's like kids having <laughs> bar mitzvahs. You shove in fucking crevices. <laughs> They're having like weddings and bar mitzvahs on like orgy couches. Something. Something. There we something. Go. No. Hey, if only oh. they knew if those walls could talk. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Oh yeah, it's nuts. It's did absolutely you, nuts. And I had to be careful. To, did you ever have to call the cops? No. Never? Thank God. Um, there was a time though, I did go rogue. Um Halloween biggest night that's a huge orgy night on halloween (laughs) it was my last day and i was a monarch butterfly and linda and arlene these owners they they maxed out the place like there was just too many people there was way too many people not enough 
cups to go around for people to drink for how many people were there yeah compared to like other nights that we've had in capacity and I was just like oh my god like oh my god <laughs> there's a guy that smacks my ass and I just looked at him and I pulled my mask off and I was like excuse you and he's like what and I was like you can't just smack someone's ass out of nowhere and not expect them to not say anything without fucking consent plus I work here so if you do that again, I have no problem grabbing you by the balls and dragging you out of this club and throwing you on the street. <laughs> for some like, reason, guys oh, just, <laughs> for like, some yeah, reason, like in certain settings, guys just think they can slap anyone's ass. Like I, I think well, like when I go to a concert, I always get my ass slapped at a concert always and i'm just like what the audacity but every time it happens i just turn around and slap them in the face <laughs> every time <laughs> like no i can't slap that like i'm probably don't hurt them but like it shocks them they're always like and i'm like don't they're like you slap me i'm like you fucking slap me like, oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> the audacity I swear boys molded jello at a young age and just flipped it upside down on a fucking plate and just went. I think they're like way more weird and way more perverted than we ever knew. Like when they, the things they did when they were young, we have no idea like what boys were doing. Like filthy, I think things like. They're living in the eighties. If it takes too much effort to think, they ain't gonna do it. (laughs) Oh yeah. (laughs) It's true. (laughs) Uh, it is true. <laughs> oh and, my god! And like they never change. They don't. I, this is what I'm learning now. It's like obviously, I'm like enter re-entered the dating world, but uh, it's just so bizarre to like go on dates with like guys in their twenties, in their thirties, and then in their forties, or like talk to and like just figure out they're all the fucking same. Like, what's fucking going on here? Like, what? I totally agree with you because I decided to like not be on those dating apps anymore. Oh yeah, me already. I already do. I'm like, I just gave everyone like you know some some pressure because be a good person because there are some fucking pages out there that are like, are we dating the same guy or the same woman in? whatever city and you know some of them are very toxic and some of them are like just calling out other people of like you know don't be so butthurt because someone said this and you didn't even get past like the talking phase or you had one date and you're treating it like it's a relationship kind of thing right just the -the over-the-top people that are like saying dumb things that they shouldn't be saying because they're butthurt and they're not being like true so for example someone posted a guy that i dated and they were like does anybody know anything about this guy should i be worried about him should i be concerned is he safe and i posted saying oh yeah we dated one time two years ago obviously he's not that person anymore because that's two years ago but we never clicked but he seems like a really nice person. Like, give yeah. it a shot kind of thing, right? 
But there's other women that are like, oh my God, he has such a perfect tummy. Can you send me news right away? I think he was just like, just really horny that night. Who knows? And I'm just like, oh God, shut up. I think, I think like, <clears throat> yeah, I think those pages are like, like the one for locally here, I think it's really good. Like mostly people don't post a lot on it. They're just when like someone, they think someone's dangerous or they're worried about their safety or like, <laughs> you know what I mean? And it always comes back. Like they'll be like, I don't know about this guy. I got a bad feeling. And this girl's like, I have a court case with him and a restraining order. And like, it's all, it's always like pretty helpful. Like I, I never once seen on there, like a couple of times someone will post someone and then no one knows anything or they're like, oh, he's nice or whatever. But like, there's it's very seldom that people even post on there and like i think it's good to have that safety but then i wonder what's on like the guys page oh like the girls maybe hear one side but then you don't hear what happened to him right it's like it's such a two-sided thing um it's it's like a a post about a friend of mine that was a dude and what she posted about him i was just like find this really hard to believe but like i don't know right? right so you know i will i will safely pry and be like hey how are you <laughs> did you recently date someone yeah. <laughs> and how did you her because <laughs> someone's kind of mad at you by the way <laughs> like yeah but- yeah so like those pages i think are helpful like some but people always like screenshot them and show the person exactly always some loyal broad (laughs) digging in like i'm gonna be his favorite (laughs) (laughs) it's weird it's weird it's super weird to like um like because when I met my husband um there wasn't like dating apps I think there was like plenty of the plenty of fish probably just like started out or something so so then now like I never thought I'd have to like enter this realm but here I am and it's like I'm learning a lot really fast about things that I was like oh like I'm putting boundaries in place as I go like fucking crazy right with caution like just just know that a lot of people that are going to come in are going to be trash. So much trash. (laughs) And I don't mean this to be mean, but like when you don't meet a woman's standards from the shit she went through, let alone where she has evolved and you are not there, then yeah, you're you're not not going to be that level that she needs. And for that, it's it's trash it's garbage and we yeet it out <laughs> luckily the trash takes itself out as long as you don't get addicted to it <laughs> or but, don't pick up the trail pieces <laughs> yeah i mean it's pretty i don't know like you learn pretty fast what's going on i don't know but for me it's like all all new so i'm just trying to like i'm getting uh, what what do you call it um the, the circle back so people that I dated four years ago three to a year ago I'm getting all these dms or like oh yeah 
and I'm just like, the fuck? Like, I'm pretty lonely. It wasn't so bad between us. <laughs> like, so am I, but I'm yeah. not looking for a quick fix. Like, yeah. Oh. yeah. And like, uh, and, and you know, like I've been going to a trainer since like October, and I finally busted open like most of my stuff that I left at home because I didn't know if I was going to like move back to Fort St. John or stay in Vancouver because of the strike and all this fucking shit. Yeah. So half my life was up there and I was just like, fuck. So finally parts of it has come back and there is like stuff that I was going through and I was like, this is fucking fit anymore. And then I put it on and <laughs> like, wow <laughs> and then stuff that like didn't fit okay now fits way better and just like oh my goodness so i'll have a little bit of good news to tell my trainer on monday but i hope my trainer does not find this podcast <laughs> <laughs> talking about it <laughs> um it's a pretty um what do i say i like to say i have a, a really exclusive audience <laughs> but it's like the most exclusive like you would know who's listening and i can tell you his name <laughs> like he would not ever hear this probably <laughs> <laughs> you could probably say anyone's name like my entire fan base is almost exclusively in the u.s oh okay well yeah i think it's safe to say <laughs> <laughs> but yeah don't make me choke on my own words, please. Yeah. <laughs> please. Please, universe. As I pray and look up through the ceiling. <laughs> um, yeah, so it's funny, like, how this all happened with this trainer. Because, um, like, it was still, like, in the midst of the strike. I was still on EI. And then my EI kind of ran out at, like, the beginning of November kind of thing. And then I got, like, this landscaping job. And then still is able to like support myself and like pay my trainer um first day though like wow wow felt like a fucking newborn baby horse trying to learn how to fucking walk man but like we had an introduction day um where he invited me to the gym and this all started from a friend of mine that started working out with him in the spring. I followed him a little bit after when I remembered her mentioning him. Like, oh yeah, this is her trainer. Let's look him up. He only has so many posts. So it's just like, oh, I was like, okay. But then he had like this other page and then looking him up and all that kind of stuff. I was like, all right, he seems like a really solid buff, like knows what he's fucking doing. Like, <laughs> like, let's see right he's I mean, cut he's so he probably can help me <laughs> right and my friend was saying he's really good like you should try him and i was like okay so i started liking the page and following and then watching his stories because maybe he had more information that he would share on his stories compared to like his postings mm -hmm. so I was like sure kind of like one of those influencers mm -hmm. then there were times that He's like in a nice suit and his jacket and he's taking like the elevator um, mirror like pictures kind of you know, showing off like his his attire. Yeah. 
and I was admiring it. I was like, oh yeah, that's a nice suit. It's a nice jacket. Mm-hmm. You know, some little like heart, right? And when the likes were getting more noticed, I had a DM slide in to mine from him saying like, you know, hey, thanks for the like, Mathal, yada, yada, yada. Um, it went into like, you know, personal training and I need one. I'm struggling because I've been in a really long depressive state from the pandemic, from a breakup to a healing journey to like figuring out life by yourself without someone beside you to like rely on. Like I can't even rely on my parents half the time because things are so fucking different. So I have to like, I have to have this circle to like go to everybody and be like, what is the best answer that works that I know like, okay, this seems like the right direction and guidance to go kind of thing. Right. And I like to call it my assembly. (laughs) I call it the network. (laughs) Yeah. The network. (laughs) I also have a network. (laughs) Right. So, uh, so then with, with, uh, my trainer, um, when it came to the day, uh, to meet up, he asked if I wanted a coffee and how I took my coffee. And I was like, I was like, yeah, make sure it's just lactose free and we're fine. Like, you know, it doesn't need to be too sweet because I don't want it too sweet. Like just mediocre, neutral. Okay. And I was looking at his newest post of like his before and after and his before picture of like, you know, when you're really soft, you get a little bit of roundness and whatnot, and a little bit of cushion. And I even said to myself, I was like, still a good looking dude, even though he's got a little bit of cushion, like, you know, but then you look at the trim photo and you're just like, right. Oh, down. It always helps. <laughs> Jesus. Like, yeah. So the, the first time I saw his photos, I was just like, oh, and then just, oh, just scroll up more. And I'm just like, oh, 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 wow. <laughs> and then what's that fucking, uh, the guy who played the Hulk, um, for his name. I forget his name too. But you know his face. Yeah. Mark Ruffalo. Mark I think Ruffalo? so. Yeah. Ruffalo. Yeah. 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 So there's, I forget what movie it is, but there's a scene of him. He's in his tux and he does the, so I was scrolling through my Instagram because my fucking phone is listening to me. And I was just saying out loud, I was like, damn, that, that man is very good looking. Wow. Like my eggs just got frosted. Holy shit. Like I got pregnant looking at his fucking before and yeah. after. Jesus Christ. <laughs> just like calm down. Calm down. So then that fucking video shows up on my feed and it shows like, you know, it says uh my eggs when they see my crush and then you know it says that he does the thing and I'm just yeah. like dying with laughter. And I'm throwing down my phone on the bed and I'm looking at it and I'm just like, why do you listen to that? <laughs> yes, it was funny, but Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. And I sent it to my friend like, 
My phone knows too much. It knows it way really too does. much. It knows what like, I'm thinking. It knows what I'm thinking exactly. So like here I am paying a guy a lot of money to like train me and make me stronger and make me feel more confident about myself. And then the more that we bonded and talked within that first two months, um, he was like checking off like my green boxes. There was a lot of green flags and I'm just like, I don't know if this is like genuinely you or if this is you being a personal trainer. Like, yeah. <laughs> I bet so, you strippers like you too. <laughs> but then now we have like this friendship platform. So I'm just like, okay, we're friends. We're friends. We we're not just a client and like a trainer. We are friends now. So I'm yeah. just like, okay, that's a step, you know. But like, there are times I've caught him looking across the room and looking at me, and I've turned to see where he is, and I see him, and you know, I smile, and I turn down, and I'm probably red as fuck in the face. Where? Like, you know what I mean? Like, I, I'm probably, probably oh, fucking- I know what you mean. <laughs> That's how I'm at. I don't know. My ex is probably going to fucking listen to this, but whatever. Eat your heart out, loser. Just kidding. But um, uh, there's just like a guy or two at the gym where like I could barely look them in the eye. <laughs> I can see them, but we always like make eye contact, but I'm like, oh God. But like, yeah, the gym crush. Because you are in like a vulnerable space. Yeah. You are. And there was a time that uh, Clayton was trying to take, I said his name, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) I can believe it when I edit. (laughs) I'll believe it. Stretching like my back, right? And he was like cupping his hand into mine so that way it can like be stretched back yeah but of course like me you're like i've been so <laughs> just kidding for so long oh yeah that, that happened my fucking heart and the dead butterflies in the pit of my stomach were like eh, eh, what is this touch yeah, yeah. And i'm just like oh simmer like shit <laughs> Honestly, I think that's like the thing that um makes people feel lonely honestly is that like humans need human touch oh yeah like we need 15 someone hugs a day to function as a human being some people don't get that in a year (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) people wonder why I want to pet their dogs all the time and I'm like because they want touch and I do too right like I get one hug a day with the male lady starting to get mad she doesn't want to hug me anymore (laughs) yeah loving everyone else is getting late but you then you're on the apps and you're like I don't want these fuckers to touch me actually Not gonna lie, there was definitely times I'd be like, you know, just standing there and making sure everything's all right, and I'm just like, be nice to be massaged like that guy's getting right now. Order him up like a pizza. Bring pizza too. (laughs) Half the time I go downstairs to the bar and like use my tips to like buy a shot because I'm just like, fuck it. The only pleasure I'm getting is this. (laughs) I'm gonna. (laughs) 
give me the gin. Yeah. <laughs> Did you also say that you worked in a porn shop? Yeah. Let's hear it. <laughs> so I worked by myself for a 12 hour shift from 11 to 11 in this little boutique that was very close to my house. Thank goodness from where I rented at the time. And I worked from Tuesday to Thursday and sometimes a Monday or a Friday, depending if they needed help or if someone called in sick or if they couldn't do the day or whatever. And, uh, that was very interesting because there was a lot of time to kill during the day, but later on at night after porn? dinner, did you watch porn? Linear killing time? No. So <laughs> that was the other thing that people would ask too. Like they would ask if I would watch the porn videos while I was here. And I was like, Oh God, no. I was like, you see that camera there and there and there and there that's connected to my boss. Like, you want to get all heated sitting there waiting for the perverts to come shop. <laughs> like, Oh my God. Like the only time I would see it is when I'm setting it up for them. So like we had four rooms down this hallway. Oh, where- they go watch it. Yeah. They go watch it. And like, a 60 inch flat screen behind plexiglass and then there's a dirty booth bench with a sanitizer and kleenex and a trash can and it's just concrete floor so it's easy to mop up clean if people leave a fucking mess (laughs) thank god they didn't do that in my store because my store was nice the only time someone left something in the store was a line of cocaine and i was just like (laughs) <laughs> you're doing coke by yourself drinking off in a board well, i questioned it because i was just like i know i'm in the city but i don't have a test kit yeah <laughs> i know that's fucking clean and i was like no <laughs> he wiped it off if it was, was like, that good he wouldn't have left <laughs> it behind like we're not going there because when that guy came out he always watched like these transsexual videos and when like, he, he had best. the biggest fucking snow bunny dust ball on his fucking nostril when he walked by he's like have a good night and i was just like you too and i was like wait a minute and then I was trying to go back on the cameras to be like, can I even see if he's doing bumps? This yeah. fucking resolution, like, you know? And I'm trying to look at it and I like, can't even fucking tell. I was like, well, if he did, there'd be evidence in the fucking booth unless he was smart enough to use the sanitizer and the fucking Kleenex and wipe up. And I go in there, no, there's a fucking line just it's sitting there. Surreal. And I was just like, oh, man. So the next time I saw him, I was like, bro. And he's like, what? I was like, no. Bro, you left with a fucking white snowball dust bunny. (laughs) And you left some of your goods behind. Next time, have your own surface that you take with you, maybe. (laughs) Snowball line behind. Anyway, why would you want to do a line off like a porn shop bench? bench? Like why? Okay, imagine like the life you're leading to. Um, get, go buy an eight ball and then go watch transsexual porn in a fucking concrete booth. 
So when, when I lived in Australia, when I lived in WA, I don't know, like each state has different laws. Like so you could have like, um, like prostitution's a little bit legal in one state and like, it's all like a little bit messy or like whatever. So right. when I was in WA, my friend worked at like a porn shop and then I lived with her for like a little bit in this like big share house. And then I started asking her about her job. And then I found out like that the porn shops there, they have, <laughs> they have a booth, but it's like surrounding a live room. And like, there's just like a, a shutter door that like hangs down and you pay. And then my friend who I thought was just selling porns. No, that's not what she's doing at work. She goes in the middle yeah oh god and there's like a bed or whatever and then she does like some really raunchy things but whatever everyone pays and all of a sudden like when the time starts everyone's fucking shutter goes up or whatever for however long you pay for and she does all the things or whatever tries to make it last long so that they run out of time and they have to pay more and then oh my gosh. so it's like this weird like round um what's it called like a pen octagon or whatever <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> yeah i didn't know um, that even existed yeah and then so then i found out so like that porn shop's called something i forget what the name it was but then i found out like those are like all over that city and all over that state and they all do that same thing and i don't know if it's in other states but yeah it's like live wow. sex shows my friend was just like backpacking irish girl and she was like yeah She's a little bit goth, so she <laughs> did creepy stuff and got made more money than any of us. So we were all like fucking mowing lawns and <laughs> fucking unloading shitty fucking trucks full of French fries and stuff. And she was just jerking off once a day, making mint. She's like, I tell you, you job? I was like, uh, no. <laughs> I tell you, like, oh. Uh... Like, oh my god. It's it's like escorts down here too. Like they make so much money and the money that just pours into like that industry alone, it's just like, oh my god. But like there there is a give and take because your clients are not who they who you would think they would be. A lot of those clients are like really old, like men that are lonely and they they just have so much brain but not like proper communication no or charisma whatever right like whatever they're lacking and they just can't like you know find a solid woman to like be in their life or women see them as like oh i'll just drain his bank account which unfortunately fucking happens because yeah. there's a lot of shallow women out there as well like i guess guys too because it's just me, like another way to receive human touch i guess for some people yeah like dating is hard <laughs> in vancouver because i think there's more women here in vancouver than there is guys yeah and that's like a huge mix of authenticity right <clears throat> So, I'm not attracted to brown guys, not attracted to Asian guys, not attracted to First Nations, not attracted to black guys, 
not attracted to any other mix of entity, but I'm not racist. I just, I'm not attracted to them. Just not. I can be friends with them, but I'm not attracted to them in like a romantic sense of way. I've always liked my white dudes. I've always liked my mixed white guys. Like, always. Everyone likes their toast buttered their certain way. They like it buttered inside. Like <laughs> <laughs> exactly. It's just that's too bad. That's what I like. Yeah. And like my trainer, um, every single time that I would mention something, so for example, my aunt, one of my aunts, they were down here with my uncle, and they took me out for like a birthday dinner, and uh, and she asked me, "Are you seeing anyone?" Are you dating? Like, what are you doing? You know? And I'm just like, uh, I'm trying. I'm trying. (laughs) But the thing is, no, that's the thing. The problem is, (laughs) there's not good ones out there that meet my freaking standards. Like, yeah. All the men listening, it's our standards. (laughs) Like, God. I also think it's like hard in a city because I feel like uh, it just gets a little bit impersonal. There's just so many people, and also like you can meet someone, and then you, you you're like, we both live in the city, but like actually you live like fucking an hour apart or more or something, and it's just like holy fuck. Yeah, like it's in a different aspect, mm-hmm. right? And it's just like why, why? Yeah. But yeah, so my standards, like, I don't have super high standards. Like, I have pretty basic standards, like loyalty, honesty, trust, and like financial stability, a partner that is able to like help me fix things when I don't fucking understand them because I wasn't taught by my parents or whoever from how to deal whatever aspect kind of kind of thing right yeah um someone who can make me feel safe someone that i'm allowed to like pour myself out to that can listen to me and help me figure out my fucking shit because having like adhd and depression and a little bit of anxiety and whatnot i can't hold things in i have to let them out because if i hold them in i'll explode and there's like in a resentment period where i'm like now I have to recharge my batteries for how many days because I've held in shit for so long that it drained the crap out of me kind of thing. Right. So, um, so my aunt was saying to me, you just need to find a nice Christian boy. Just go to a church and find a nice Christian boy. And I'm just like, her, her only like, um, parameters for finding a partner is someone who'll just like marry you and never leave you because it's their religion (laughs) that's fucking rude i'm just like okay i know your daughter's married to a christian man they met at a church i get where you're coming from but then yes there was that thought too in the back of my head like what the fuck but I was like, hang on, hang on, backseat driver. Like, this is what she's trying to fucking say here. Yeah. Because, like, it's like the fucking movie uh, Inside Out. You have your fucking little patrol up here, and you're just like, ah, ah, and they're all fucking, you know, having their opinion about what's happening. And 
you're sitting there trying to think like how do I respond to this like yeah. you know you're like is this coming from a good place or a bitchy place I'm not really sure where right. you're going. <laughs> right and she is she is a good aunt she is yeah. like I know she doesn't come from like a place where she's gonna be like hitting me hard with something else afterwards right like that's not what I want to hear kind of thing you know so with her when she said that to me and I was like (laughs) the Christian boy needs to come to me auntie so I told this story to my trainer and then the next week it was like it was like the weekend before Halloween everybody celebrated and it was the week of Halloween so it was coming up and I asked him, like, so did you do any Halloween plans or going to do Halloween plans or after Halloween plans? Because people are celebrating Halloween three times this year. <laughs> and then he looks at me, he's like, I actually don't celebrate Halloween. And then I, I was just like, wait, wait, that means he's like, I am Christian. And I was huh. like, oh, I was like, OK. And all I can think about was like the That's story. I just went, hold on. And I was just like, <laughs> and he didn't tell you when he said that. Story. He didn't tell me then. He told me after. And I'm looking at him, and I'm just like, how big are my eyes right now? How big are my pupils? How? <laughs> I was like, okay. I was like, Mister, you just, just you. <laughs> <laughs> so there are times where I was just like, proceed with caution proceed with caution because this poor man this poor man he's dealing with his own shit and there was a time that he shared something very vulnerable to me and I told him like you know I'm very very sorry that's what you're dealing with and all that kind of stuff but like if I wasn't sweaty I would hug you kind of thing (laughs) and um and I told him like afterwards after when I got home to be like you know if you need anything or coffee like whatever or to like talk like you know just just send a message right like I opened the door for him and then in November when my dad got into an accident from a guy hitting him head on on the highway at Moberly Lake the guy lost control of the vehicle. They're both okay, thankfully. But it was very scary, unfortunately. And I thought I was going to lose my dad, honestly. Like, I was a wreck. And I sent Clayton, like, the photos that my mom sent me and saying, like, you know, I feel like I'm going to lose my dad. I was on this bed with all these pillows surrounding me, bawling my eyes out because I was just like, I don't know what's going to happen to him. And all I can think about was, like, I didn't give him any grandkids. I didn't give him this. I didn't give him that. Like, I didn't give him any of this because no one is willing to fucking take me to make a fucking life. And then it makes me feel like shit because I'm going to be 35 next month. And I don't have any of that. Yeah, but... So I've spent 14 years building that and now I don't have any of that either. Like I have my daughter, which is awesome. Like she's the best thing that ever happened, but 
um, my entire life that I like thought I was building my entire relationship, everything I thought my future would be is like <laughs> dust in the wind, man. And like, I was like, I think that, um, I think that no matter what you plan, life always ultimately already has the plan and like all we could do is like let go that's like all we can do is like not be attached to the outcome really because there's no way to control it there's no way to stay within what you want it to be and it's so true um you're right because you have to know where you feel okay in the place in the world let alone who you're surrounding yourself with what you surround yourself with and how you thrive in this fucking crazy world today with two wars and a crazy prime minister <laughs> like just the the bullshit and the yeah. stress you know and i can imagine like being a mom and taking care of your kids and everything like that like it's an extra thing that you're just like blah like when I go over to the island and I'm with my cousin with like their three girls and like first thing in the morning just getting those girls ready like come on stay focused stay on time brush your teeth go, 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 go. <laughs> it's constant it's a lot it's it's a lot and and I give kudos to moms because I don't have one and then I spend like a week with like three girls that are like five eight and eleven <laughs> it's a lot and they're all different <laughs> yeah but the thing about it is like when you if you ever have a kid like it's hard to imagine like being in the space with like this chaotic but when you start from the beginning like you you build the patient so slowly over time that like i don't know just but it is really hard to like uh, just always be in service of someone for like a really long time. That's so true too, right? Because mm. you have to be that person that has to be available for them no matter what and be able to give them what they need no matter what the case is, whether they're hungry or if they're sick. Or it's like, we got to make cookies for the school or it's uh, time for or whatever. <laughs> but like, and you fuck up all the time. You fuck up all the time. You always are like, am I not doing enough? Am I not here enough? Am I not present enough? Or are we not in enough activities or blah, blah, blah. You, And you fuck up and you look back and you're like, I fucked that up. And like, but as long as you're like open to like learning from your fuck ups, you're, I think you can. exactly if you acknowledge your fuck-ups then at least you can come back and to your child and say hey i fucked up (laughs) that would like help you feel better right because then once you open that door for someone then they're then they really think like you know i just really want to hug or i really want to spend more quality time with you or whichever right like whatever that will come about that they want from their parent or uh their guardian or whichever right so 
<laughs> honestly i wish my parents were more like it because any kind of aware they're probably just like the rest of these boomers out here they're just so old school that's the thing right because their parents were so old school from how they were treated and we thought our parents were joking when we would ask them like well how were you punished when you were a kid you know well we got a stick (laughs) what do you mean you got a stick like legit dad would go out in the fucking bush and you're like we get a stick like this and bam right on our butts and i'm just like wow. no yeah. and of course when we asked this question uh our grandparents weren't really around where we can ask them like hey did you hit your kids with a stick when you're fucking being bad well like, like my my grandparents, <laughs> my grandparents were around but like when my mom would tell me that kind of stuff or whatever like i i'm just like these two, these two softies didn't do that. You know what I mean? Like, because they're my grandparents and they were just like sweet and like grandparenty by then, right? Yeah. Now you know why they turn soft because I'm seeing this with my parents too, honestly. I'm seeing the mold over. So they grew up how they grew up. They taught how they were learned, how they taught towards their kids. But now that me and my brother have grown to the part where we're like hey don't treat me like a child There's don't treat me like to talk about here fucking, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and there are times that my mom and my dad they would treat me like i was 10 and i'm just like why are you talking to me like i'm a teenager why are you talking to me like i'm 10 years old why are we speaking to me in this manner in any case right i'm an adult talk to me like i'm an adult don't scold me don't scorn me don't belittle me like Mm. what is your deal you have no control here anymore that's what i like to tell my parents (laughs) (laughs) i got this when my mom's like my kids i'm like we're not kids okay we're not kids (laughs) we got this and if we don't it's on us like yeah yeah. and you feel like you're becoming the adult and they're becoming the child and you're just like i feel like the roles weird eh reversed here (laughs) what is going on like fuck's sakes it's so yeah so there's definitely times where I'm just like, seriously, like, what is happening here? And she, like, last year, my mom and I, we had a terrible fight. And it wasn't very good. It was it was very heartbreaking. But I had to slay my dragon. I had to slay my manipulator. I had to slay her behavior and basically tell her, like, no more. I think that always happens in the healing journey. Like we come to the point where we have to do the confrontational thing, but do you want to like go back a little bit and just like start, like talk about your healing journey and like what kind of triggered it? Yeah, we can talk about that. Yeah. So with the healing journey, how this started, um, as soon as like I moved out from my ex and lived in this one bedroom basement suite in 
33rd and Argyle. So it's like East Vancouver, still Joyce Collingwood kind of area. Uh, but sorry, what, like, um, do you want to talk about like your breakup? Because it wasn't that like pretty traumatic or did that trigger into your healing it's journey not or like, great, huh? um, but it's, it's like, it's like, oh gosh, how'd this all mold out? Like just trying to remember. Where like, to start, right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just where do I start with this? Um, so yeah, like pretty much after it was in the spring of May when I got into this basement suite and me and my ex's conversations really started to fade when summer came. And I went to Wreck Beach every single day in the summer where it was warm enough to be out in your thong and no top. Just like taking the sun, taking the ions, the negative ions and the salt water and just fucking feel free. Right. Even though there would be fucking gawkers and perverts every once in a while. But if once you, you know. I love a beach where you can get your tits out. Let me just say, that's another (laughs) thing Australia taught me is that like, get them out at the beach. Everyone does in Australia. And like, I just love. Everyone does it. I love that shit. It's like, free the titties. (laughs) (laughs) It's so true. (laughs) Rugby beach is like, very freeing. Like people will have food down there and vendors and things that you can buy. People are selling chocolate mushrooms on the beach. People are selling joints on the beach, boozy freezies, like alcohol, everything. Mm. And you just bring cash, right? You just bring cash and whatever else, or you just bring your own shit and you can just have a day at the beach kind of thing. And during that time, I, I said to myself, I have to heal. I have to figure out who I am by myself because I feel like I lost myself when I was with my ex for eight years and just a recap of like very short of like that eight years, no ring, no couple's marriage, no couple's vacation, no fucking like plans of that we would talk about in the future and all that kind of stuff. So Uh. Things were like a door stop. Yeah, it was bad. Like how to make your girlfriend feel like a placeholder 101 or like what a shitty fucking. Yeah. And it was it was sad because it was like you will spend time with your friends playing video games, going skateboarding or playing guitar or whatever but you won't take the time to go get a passport so you can go and travel with your girlfriend to be away from bullshit for like a week or two and enjoy yourself somewhere that's like where you never thought you would be able to go to, you know, like something, just something, just give them a wider eye of what the world is rather than being such a homebody. Like people really not that there's anything wrong. (laughs) Like I think you can be a homebody when you know you feel like your batteries are low, like how I would feel. But 
if you're going to choose to be a homebody for the rest of your life and not explore out your cave, it's almost like self-sabotage of isolating yourself from opportunities and things and experiences that you can have. And it's a shitty feeling when you get to an age where you're not able and then you're going to sit there thinking, fuck, I wish I would have done that when I was young. Such a dumbass. <laughs> you're lucky he didn't give you a ring. Yeah, honestly. Because like, if you married him, then you just had a boring fucking life. And then go through, like, probably way worse shit. Like, oh, yeah. my brother, for example, he was common-law and had a house with his ex, and they had to go through a couple's court because of all the co-signage and everything oh, like yeah. that, too, right? And the bank actually fired her because she would be looking into my mom and dad's accounts and seeing how much money they have. People get yeah. crazy. People get crazy when they get divorced, man. It brings oh. out all the feelings that you've been stuffing down for years. <laughs> oh, absolutely. And there was definitely a high reason why I didn't date a lot of people in Fort St. John because once I knew the status of my parents, I was like, oh, God. This can be... This could be bad if, like, someone knows and wants to take advantage and knows how to play the game like my brother's ex-girlfriend yeah yeah i think one hit is good enough rather than yeah. two even yeah. though my mom and dad paid my ex a certain x amount of money because he supported me through the co uh co-housing during the pandemic and my mom was like, is that how much money like we owe him kind of thing? And I was like, well, we both kind of tallied up like what we did. And this is what's happening. Like, I'm sorry. It's better than going through court yeah. and then paying an X amount, in my opinion. And she was like, no, absolutely. It's a lower, a lower thing. Like for sure. The so one who wins in court is the lawyers. Yeah. Exactly. Everyone else fucking loses hard. <laughs> so if you can agree without them, it's a lot better. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So um, there was a part of my healing journey. <laughs> I'll do a long story short on this mental health coach. Um, I, f <laughs> I found him when I was on a dating app called Bumble. But I didn't know he was a mental health coach at the time. Oh, yeah. And I, there was something that I said in the message that made him go like, oh, red flags or whatever, right? And yeah. he's like, you ever had a mental health coach? Blah, blah, blah. Like, I don't even know what that even is. Like, what do they do? <laughs> you know, like, I don't yeah. understand. How did this change in topic? So it went from, <clears throat> we didn't have like any dates or anything like that. We were just talking. And then... It went to like being recruited to go into this program, paying an X amount of dollars that I paid off while I was on home before dark, paying those bills. And all it really was is that it was a big circle of women that came to him. And all I noticed, it was women. And I thought, 
is this just a woman's circle of mental health or is there going to be guys in this circle kind of thing right like what is this so there was a point where some of us got along and got to know each other and we would privately talk to each other to the point like how did you get recruited where did you find him or how did he find you oh on a dating app oh really okay or if someone followed him on instagram or listened to his podcast and then he's looking at like you know oh who's following and send him a fucking dm right try to gain followers on different ways on his platform so then i went in deeper along with other people does this guy actually have a certificate credentials yeah yeah and he actually admitted on a podcast with us, I'm pretty sure from what I remember, saying that he doesn't have these credentials. And I was just like, wait a minute. So there's a lot of us that got pulled into this program that paid him and he doesn't have these proper credentials. And then there were times that he would get overwhelmed in the beginning because it was just him. There was no other coaches and he's trying to handle all of us emotional women that are like coming from a hurtful place. They're we like are, broken. Yeah. We're a little broken. Exactly. In like like a good way. We all break here women. there. Yeah. Yeah. And he didn't understand the chaos the that together. he created. <laughs> yeah when you break a woman there's gonna be chaos to pay i'm sorry but totally and yeah (laughs) so eventually there was this one woman that was on a call i wasn't on this call but a different friend was on this call and Mm -hmm. she said to me you're not gonna believe what happened on this call and i was like oh was it a good topic because i missed it and i was at work and she said no we had this new person that came in and you know like she's at a place in her life of how she is et cetera, et cetera. and i was trying to like picture like how she was from what she was explaining and i was like okay get like a general idea of like who this person is and i guess she got so emotional when she was talking this was like probably one of her first calls and she doesn't know how the algorithm works right and the mental health coach basically got upset with her and kicked her out of the mental health academy <laughs> and just didn't want to deal with her. He basically thought that she was like too much from what I was hearing. Fucking and I, man. <laughs> and I was like, what the fuck? Like, if you're a mental <clears throat> health coach, you shouldn't be dismissing clients that you are recruiting, no matter what stage of grief and hurt that they're at because you're the one that reached out to them like and now you're like nope see ya like what the fuck is that that's like a fucking dump to me like jesus what i think is that women really need like if you want if a man wants to be complimentary to a woman in any kind of relationship of any kind the man needs to be strong in his masculine. He needs to have capacity for any kind of emotional state 
that the woman brings because women are emotion that's like part of our nature and like if you if you're strong enough in your masculine you can be supportive to a person in any emotional state because you're sure of yourself and you're not taking things personally right but women need to feel safe and they need to have someone um to like hold their emotional be vulnerable response. with yeah and be make us have a safe landing place for it no matter what it is no matter what it is this week or next week because we're and like yeah if men understood us if we understood ourselves even better on our like cycle of our way our emotional states go I don't know. I just think like we could learn so much more about each other and just like compliment each other so much more, but we're, we're put into the world and we're never taught any of these things, how to relate to each other and how to like compliment. Like look at sex ed, for example, we could learn so much more of our little phase, our menstrual phase and the follicular phase and the fuck's the other one. Lucia. Gluteal phase, yeah. Follicle, menstrual. Damn it. Whatever the other one is. Whatever it is. The four stages. And like, men don't change that. They're the same fucking level. Imagine. Imagine. Imagine being the same, feeling the same, and thinking the same all the time, and being the same person all the time. Like, I cannot fathom that i cannot fathom that like sometimes i have like 10 people in one day man like i sometimes i have 10 voices in one day right (laughs) the men folk baffle me i'm like you're such a simple folk i don't understand you (laughs) we are really complex and messy and it's like i don't know like i understand that kind of chaos more and I think it's because we are so hardwired from like, uh, like pretty much our ancestors, right? Like you, you were hardwired by blood from like what your trauma is and how like your body is, how you respond to things, how your body reacts to things, all that kind of stuff. It's kind of like, fear and negativity is like really ingrained in our blood because as cavemen and homo sapiens you know first thing they got to do when they wake up in the morning is like is there danger is there danger is there danger outside (laughs) we're gonna die today (laughs) like you know so you're always like in a fight or flight like presence you're never in like a calm presence and this is why the world is trying to heal itself because it's like, oh, good. I don't have to run away from like scary animals. I don't have to hide from fucking dinosaurs. I don't need to worry about some weird fucking plants that I might eat or not be able to eat. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? So we were, we were able to like come down, but because of man's civilization today, now our stressors have gone up at a different level from like technology to trying to do every single day life to inflation to uh politicians picking on your hometown <laughs> also just like 
the sheer overwhelm of information that we're impacted with per day that we have no control over or no way to help or deal with. Yeah, whether it's like on the news, if you go into Tim Hortons or you're in an oil change or sitting in the hospital or just like in a waiting room, like there's always something that's telling you what's going on in the world and your phone because it's also on your friends' feeds. It's in their stories, people staring about Palestine and Israel and all that kind of shit too. But it's like, okay, I don't like genocide either, but like, I pick and choose when I want my brain to see that because like I know what's going on I can't change anything about it in the world I'm not fucking multi-billionaire status where I can be like here some money just fucking stop bombing people Jesus Christ (laughs) I really think that's part of the healing journey is that like learning about what affects our nervous system and then choosing what to let in yeah after and that's even people too like Mm -hmm. having the tolerance for people's behavior let alone people that try to push things on you so for example i had a friend a lady friend and she's gay and she told me she had the biggest crush on me for the longest time and i didn't know and this is being fresh out of a relationship and she's had whatever to drink and everything like that smoking and everything like that too and she asked me why do you need a guy why do you need a guy and I was like oh my god I was like she's just so hurt because she wants me to be with her but I'm not she can never be that I, I can't be that I'm not fully gay I'm not gay at all like I'll I'll have fun when I'm being bi, but <laughs> when I'm with a man, it's like it's monogamous unless you know it's talked about. If we have fun with something else, I like wherever the fucking wind blows, you know. Yeah. Well, I have them at the end of the day, but yeah. <laughs> that's all that really matters. But either way, it was just like it was very overwhelming because I flat out told her I just got out of a relationship. And how am I going to start a new one with a totally different aspect of sex? Like, you know, like I haven't dated a girl since like my twenties and that was like a long fucking time ago. (laughs) Like, and then I gave up because I was like, you fucking bitches are sassy. (laughs) (laughs) That's the thing is that like, when you get fed up with men and then you try to date women, it's just like, I just want my chill dude. <laughs> yeah, it kind, of, it kind of is like, it's like, well, whatever I, chaos I have and whatever you have, this is like a bit too, too much. I think, like, or, I don't know. I guess <laughs> for lesbians, it's not, but it's like, it's like, we got too much going on here. It's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> and also like yeah. It's just I guess I guess like we could sit here and be like man man but like everyone has their fucking problems and then I think that's where the healing journey is like so important. <laughs> oh god, yes, like god if it, if anybody wants to take this advice about a healing journey 
fucking do because the more you spend time with yourself in like different aspects of life whether what season it is or activities um there's nothing wrong of going to like a class by yourself a thing by yourself because then you are going to feel a very sore raw piece of a human when you're in this healing journey because everything feels very new and it's like when you rip the fucking skin off your fucking hangnail and you feel that wind just <laughs> a little bit of fucking lemon juice because something sizzled on your fucking steak in the morning like that, that yep. is what it is like kind of you feel that raw man you feel that exposed to the world and you feel so frail because you don't want anybody hurting you you don't want anybody judging you and you hope that someone can see in your eyes like that person is trying to heal and they're here for a reason just like everybody else it's like being in a yoga studio everyone is there for a reason whether it's the same or not or something different like you are there for whatever reason that is helping you and it's the same with like somatic breath work when people go into like those positions and then they start like heavenly crying because they're letting out something that they never dealt with for so long and they didn't realize like wow this is why i can't do this as a human this is why i act like this when someone tells me this this is why i respond like this when this happens because then you realize where your behavior came from but it's not your fault because you learned it yeah and it is painful because you're like fuck because you're self-evaluating yourself i found a wound and it's deep (laughs) 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 that's like that's like how i describe healing to people is that like i say it's like you're digging through the dumpster of your past and you and you're trying to find stuff even though you kind of don't want to find it but you yep. have to and when you find it it feels fucking gross and you have to like really examine it and it's the mandarin orange i found in my gum boot the other night just like that yeah exactly like, just exactly. touched up my finger and i was like and i was like what, what is, is it, it? <laughs> no <laughs> exactly like that that's it wasn't healing. moldy but it was bad <laughs> and you're like, oh i remember my fifth birthday like, that's the mandarin orange like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god yeah. but once you like can expose those things and really feel them you find the source of your pain or your pattern. And that's how you can bring conscious awareness to like the things you're doing that are destroying yourself. So yeah, the self-sabotage. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Um, it's like, uh, for example, I was just sharing this with uh, one of my coworkers at work the other day. I said to him, I'm so glad, even though I'm spending a lot of money on a trainer, but I'm glad that it's working because in the past, when I wasn't behaving with whatever food I was eating or just uh, 
not exercising and being in a depressive state and just not moving, there were so many days where I was just like, oh, gotta go buy more of this now. Gotta go buy more of this now. Oh, I'm a bigger size now. Oh, what's this? And like, I swear, clothes are just getting... Maybe I should just not shop here anymore. No, it was fucking me. I was the problem. And I had to say, like, why am I sabotaging myself to my body? Because I can't get a grip to, like, get up and go for a walk. Why am I so paralyzed? Why am I like this? And I would, you know say to whatever close friends when I'm feeling shitty, I would shoot them a message. I'm like, I'm just feeling really shitty and I don't know why. Like, this is what's been happening lately. And then that's when I get reminders from my friends saying, look, we're in a pandemic. Give yourself grace. Everyone's also feeling like that too. Everyone's doing the binging. Everyone's over drinking. Everyone's overeating because they're stressed out. And then there's ourselves because there's so much like external stressors happening and and like our whole safety is being pulled out from under all of us too. So like, of course, of course, right? Of course, we're all going to be in this panic state, like panic eating state, exactly. Like, and and it's a normal thing. It's a normal flight or uh flight or fight response Mm -hmm. and you are going to choose a fight to protect yourself and soothe yourself because you're like, I can't, I don't have a fucking, you know, whatever to stop all this fucking shit. Like Mm -hmm. I don't, I'm not that, I'm not a genius. Like, you know, I can't stop this fucking monkey virus or what the fuck this shit is. Mm -hmm. So it's a shitty thing that humans had to experience. And it really like, rock the tilt with a lot of people because then I've had people when I tried to go back into dating after healing a little bit more and thinking I can go out and like feel okay and I've had dates that were like oh you look a little different than your photos and I'm like well which ones like pretty sure I said whatever year that they were or like explained Mm -hmm. like when they were you know oh why don't you have photos like this or photos like that and I'm like because my friends can't take good photos of me (laughs) (laughs) and I always take good photos of them because I'm the artist and they're not so like also that's kind of bullshit because like these guys these pictures they have they never they're never like it Never swipe on someone that has a bathroom picture. <laughs> I I think like like yeah okay so like the fish holding thing I didn't know that was a thing so like all the guys are like yeah. all the time like if you if, for for like people listening if you've never been on a dating website every guy Ever almost has a the picture fish, of a is this how big you are. <laughs> You know what? I just, to... I just thought about this to, to like the other day, and I was thinking about it, and I was like, "What?" But I I know now. Like guys aren't gonna be like take my picture to their friend ever, unless they're holding a fish. 
and they're always like really happy and like it's like a you know yeah and their friends are like taking a bunch of pictures of them and then so they have like that's how they get their nice pictures of themselves (laughs) it's true because it's a salvatory thing yeah and like their guys are not good at selfies mostly like guys that are extremely good at selfies i think it's kind of a red flag but most guys could like do a little bit of work with their selfie game like we don't need like Something you're hold, holding your phone in your lap with your fucking face hanging over. Chain action. Like, I literally send selfie gold to guys, and I get like the worst, <laughs> the worst, most like badly put together garbage ever. I was like, where is this? What angle is this? Like, <laughs> you can't think this looks good, man. Like. Oh my god! I still don't know what you look like because I'm not gonna fucking lay on the floor and look up at you ever. <laughs> like, what the fuck? This what I'm know. supposed to look at when this yeah, happens? Right? <laughs> so, yeah, I guess. Oh, like, fine. put it in your head. <laughs> I don't know. I just think it's like such a weird new environment for me to be in, and like just exploring it and like seeing the nature of humans in this. Um, new arena that I have never witnessed it's really interesting it's a very interesting pool of people and I'm sure it's different <laughs> everywhere compared the to the weirdest like, pool people. ever but uh, like, is I everyone autistic on it like I just <laughs> well I can't even imagine in Fort St. John like when I was there in the summer I hopped on tinder and facebook dating just for Good shits time. and giggles. Foul and shit said to you right away, I bet. There there were some that was like, okay, you work at Site C, you work at this site, blah 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 blah. I was like, all right, like yeah. whichever. Um there was one person though, uh they legit showed up at my house at like one or two in the morning, literally right when I was about to go to bed and shutting off all the lights in the house and I see this car rolling in the driveway and I'm like what the fuck so I grabbed my phone and literally locked the door and I was like what the fuck like I know the alarm is on I know the doors are locked like who the fuck's here so then the guy that I was messaging messaged me like yeah I think I'm here but I'm not too sure and I was like wait do you drive a white car and he's like yeah and i was like dude i literally was just shutting off the lights when i saw you roll in and i I literally told you that i was going to bed and you should come here in the morning meaning like you know come around like nine or ten in the morning for a coffee not 2 a.m like what <laughs> so and I told him when I came out to the front, I was like, you're lucky that you said something because I was this close going to the gun safe and opening the gun safe and wondering who was on the property. Yeah. Because I literally told you, come in the morning, not right now. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? So <clears throat> this is another thing that uh, really bothers me too, is that when you go on a date with someone regardless of whatever platform that you're on and you read their profile they're not reading your profile because obviously they're like oh she's pretty i would totally they never read it eh? 
we're fucking real. They, because they, think, <laughs> they ask me questions later. I'm like, yes, you didn't I read that. It. It's literally four sentences. Just read it, like. Yeah, and especially when you say words and like, I just want to have fun with someone, but like, <clears throat> you know, clean fun, not like get into bed fun. Like, show me a good time. Woo me a little. Like, like just. There's Something. steps. There's steps that are being trying to be avoided. <laughs> yeah. But a little like when it says like you're looking for a long-term partner, why would you try to do the slick quick moves for a quick thing on a long-term person than actually going to a short-term person and doing that to them? So it's like you're not they reading didn't read shit. Yeah. No. Or they're trying to take their shot at these long-term relationship-looking people and thinking like, oh, I can change your mind. And it's just like, no. Yeah. Oh my god. Like, one friend. Um, I don't want to do anything with him any anymore because I gave up on that in the summer. And the reason for that is because he was eating hot wings. And he was trying to basically go downtown, but he didn't wash his hands. So I'm like, did you wash your hands? He's like, yeah, I did. I said, no, you didn't. Go wash your hands before you touch me. Because if we are going to have a red flaming chili pepper fucking puss running around here, it's your fucking fault. (laughs) Like, better have aloe vera on fucking hand or coconut oil or fucking something or I'm going in that shower and I'm running... (laughs) cold water on like jesus christ man so and then of course like very self-observed only thinks about his peace and doesn't care if you didn't get off or not kind of thing because he thinks the first couple of moans were just like oh yeah she's she's climaxing she's climaxing i'm gonna go to and then it's like Bruh. <laughs> rain it bro. in bro rain it in my toy does more work and a better job than you i'm gonna go home to my toy this was useless like you know what i mean yeah like fuck just just all you people know if you didn't get her off she went back home to her fucking vibrator <laughs> every time pissed every off time. too <laughs> You never make me sad. <laughs> right? <laughs> you never leave me hanging either. Fuck. <laughs> you never disappoint. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> no, it is a really strange world. It's like, I don't know. I, I developed like some rules right away that I think like are pretty good rules to stick by. Like, I... I don't meet anyone at my house or their house the first time. I don't let them pick me up at my house the first time. Nope. We go to like a public place, have a drink or food. But like, honestly, it hasn't been past that yet. So like, then you know what sucks about dating is like, if you go on one date with someone and then you don't really like them and they're still messaging you, you kind of have to like 
dump them ah yeah you have to like let them down easy i mean you could just um, be like the rest of these pricks and like ghost whoever whenever and just like but uh, for me i'd rather someone just told me so then i have to work out my nerve to tell them and like i'm like fuck i went on one day with this guy enough to like gently dump him yeah it's sort of that's like, like what i had to do with um my friend as well like oh what day was this um it was the it was last friday so right near at the end of work my period came and i was like okay go use the bathroom and i was like getting low energy i was getting pretty like ooh, like darn right like mm -hmm. probably gonna die at home so then I went home and I was like, I don't have energy to cook. I'm just going to order in sushi. I waited two hours for my sushi that never showed up and went to the wrong place. And the guy fucking ate it instead of waiting for his actual order to go back to him. Mm -hmm. And I was like, well, fuck. Like, I'm fucking starving, right? So he was saying to me, like, cool, or I got some wine, right? And we'll just, like, talk and bullshit. And I'm like, sure. There was no wine. We had tea and then watched a little bit of the Motherfucker. show. Motherfucker. I got wine. Oh, I mean. What a fucking Sorry, fuck. I thought I had wine. <laughs> he just like, knew. It was so well. I love my wine. And <laughs> yeah. then just, like, come on over. I got a fucking Hansel and Gretel fucking breadcrumb. And I'm just like, fucking. Yeah. Don't do that to a stressed out woman that's like fucking just wanting to be loose and like have fun it's called the so, old bait and switch yeah totally right like ugh. so what ended up happening was is that he tried to turn me towards him and then come in for a kiss and i was like hang on and he's just like what and i was like no no, no we gotta talk like we gotta talk because there's a reason why I haven't come out to you or wanting to be around you because you do this or you only think about how you're feeling and how horny you are. Mm -hmm. And really, you're not even like trying to even like tickle my lady pickle in a way of that. <laughs> And fucking get off because they're like we were we were doing it for maybe like seven or eight months but not consecutively it was just like once every once in a while kind mm -hmm. of deal mm -hmm. and i always told him like you're wrapping that shit no matter what you're not doing it bare and he's like boy and i'm like because you told me you have sex with other women so yeah fucking wrap it like mm -hmm. fuck sakes dude not married he's so cool. <laughs> like yeah so then I had my period at the time and then I came over, I was in tears and just like super stressed out. And you know, he gave me a hug and everything like that and like consoled me and whatnot. But I just wanted like a friend to just listen and console me. And just for me, just like, like I'm going to console you with my dick. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, oh, you're like, <laughs> like, no, like, this is ridiculous like god so i had to tell him i was like listen 
I really like someone right now. And I know I don't have a chance of dating them right now, but like, I'm trying to build rapport with this person. And I can't have you in the way with your horniness to do this to me because I feel dirty when I like someone that I'm doing this. Like, you know, it's because you're like, you're like crushing on someone who's like a thoughtful human. And then you're giving yourself to someone who like has no regard for you. Exactly. So of course, like, of course you're going to feel shitty. (laughs) It's like like the lower of the, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Like that's literally the nail on the head. Absolutely. Yeah. Just like he can't even give the bare minimum. And this other guy's like, pretty phenomenal sounding so far right totally and i told my trainer this i told him this by saying this is what my friend did and he's like no music no candlelight no like fake you on the line and everything oh it seems like you're having a hard day can i rub your neck or something like i feel like um men don't understand women's um sexuality in that way like I think like they don't appease the other parts they're just like the pure raw sexuality but we are like so mental and emotional it's like a trifecta it's like our body our emotions and our mental state all have something to do with it so like you have to like entice those three parts of a woman you can't just be like hey you want to fuck like a girl's not gonna be like like you gotta like, you, know, <laughs> you you gotta like you know grab her senses a bit in a bit different way than men. Like, and it ha- it has to be like, I don't know, it's a little bit and more complex. Stay okay. They're not mentally stable whatsoever because they're on something or, or they're like they have attachment issues or dad issues. Yeah, or <laughs> something they're, they're trying true. to be with it. Yeah, and it's so true. Like. For me, like I, I had to talk to myself actually um, a couple weeks ago because um, you know when someone's uh, behavior kind of changes through text from how much they respond to you or what they send you or whatever. So during the time when I was with my trainer in the beginning, I have given that man Thanksgiving dinner. Uh, I have given him like Thanksgiving treats twice. Um, I make these immunity shot juices in like huge mason jars. So I always give him like a big mason jar of it and he'll down it the whole entire time that we are at the gym. And then he'll take the jar home and clean it in his dishwasher and give it back to me in the next session clean um what a man what a man (laughs) (laughs) uh his knuckles were really raw uh from washing his hands all the time and just not having like a lotion to like replenish like that moisture barrier so i made him this lavender peppermint coconut oil beeswax uh concoction and let that solidify put like fresh lavender flowers in it 
And I say, here, like, you can use it as a vapor rub thing. You can use it to moisturize your hands. Like, it's practically an anything balm. And he's like, wow, thank you. Um, I've given that man cookies. I've given that man, like, banana bread, cornbread, like, treats under the sun. There was a time that he had his bank account drained and it was under investigation and all that kind of stuff because someone was draining his bank account and I felt so bad for him that I texted him saying, I'm going to make you a care package that I'm going to bring you tomorrow for the gym and do as you please with it. So I gave him banana bread, cornbread, soup, bone broth, um, some chicken, oranges, cashews, uh, some tea, and some of my favorite little treats kind of deal, and then something else, I can't remember, but he was, like, super grateful for it, and there was definitely a time I, I did ask him, like, I really hope it's not inappropriate of me, of me giving you this stuff, or if it's, like, too much. He said, no, you're totally fine. And I was like, okay. Because there was a time I even said to myself, like, fuck, am I being invasive? Am I being too much? And a friend of mine said to me, when do you do this? Like, when do you start making this stuff? And I'm like, at night. And then she's, like, asking about my astrology sign. And, you know, the exact date when I was born and time and all that mm -hmm. kind of shit, which I actually do remember. Mm -hmm. And... She said to me, you want to know why you do that all the time? And I'm like, why? Please tell me why. Please tell me it's something that I probably already know. And I'm probably like, for fuck's sakes. She says, you, your rising moon is a cancer. And a cancer is the mother of astrology signs. And it's very caring and giving and loving. And I'm like, this is why I'm making fucking treats at night, isn't it? And I'm like, here's the yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One of my close friends is a cancer, so I could shoot her. It was just like pure in my brain when you're like, it's a cancer. I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I could see it. She's like, <laughs> like, just like so like pure of heart to, with her love and care for everyone. And like, she's like a mothery type. Yeah. yeah. Um, <clears throat> and then my rising sun is Virgo. And then I'm an Aquaria. And then there's a lot of the other ones of like what the Zodiac universe is. There's a lot of Capricorn in there, um, which is a lot of grounding. And my trainer told me he's born in April because someone told him that, oh, it's such an Aries things to do. And I was like, you're in Aries. I was like, fuck, my mom is in Aries. Like, Ooh. <laughs> uh, me and my mom, like, we, we can get along, but there are times that we don't. And I think it's because of the other signs that butt with her. So I think that's probably what it is. But then again, she's a Jensen, so I don't know if it's a Jensen thing. <laughs> um, my, um... My mom's a Leo and I'm a oh, Gemini wow. and, and, uh, for some reason me and Leo's, we don't ever have that great of a time, but Aquariuses, I have like so many Aquariuses in my life. Like, I feel like everyone, I'm always like, 
when I ask them their sign, they always say Aquarius, like, <laughs> like so many, like an abundance, like the other signs barely exist. Like I just have so many Aquariuses in my life. It's really crazy. They're very airy. They're very. Like, airy. I have a lot of like air sign friends, but mostly Aquarius. Yeah. <laughs> kind of weird. My boss uh, told me today that I was contagious. Um, I do a lot of voice, uh, like quotes from movies and TV shows sometimes. Monty, our boss, will get musical. So, for example, he was singing Backstreet Boys, Tell Me Why. (laughs) And we were like laughing, right? And he's just like grooving along. And there's a time that I was trying to take a blower and I put my muffs on. And I'm trying to like get this thing fucking going. It's gas powered. So I'm like, all right, it's like starting to do, you know, you know this. And doesn't go. Doesn't go. And I was like, tell me why. <laughs> and everybody just starts laughing. And then finally it goes, and I was like, ah, tell me why. <laughs> reminds me of like do you ever watch brooklyn 99 yes then he's like has the lineup and he makes them all sing it <laughs> on that one episode he's like now number three tell me why oh, <laughs> it's really man. fucking good <laughs> oh. Let me see it. oh my oh. goodness <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! Well, we just oh. chatted for two straight hours, so we could pr- we should probably wrap her up around now, maybe. But uh, my <laughs> mostly, I just like interviews. I don't edit that much. Just like take out the odd. I don't know if there's like a, a frozen part or like a part where someone has to go pee or something or whatever. Someone wants me to take okay. out something they said. But other than that, like, I think it always comes together pretty good, like, and it always sounds really good once it's <laughs> When I'm doing them by myself, I'm, like, reading things, stumbling over my words. It takes so long to fucking edit those. But when this is a conversation, it moves really fluidly, and it goes pretty good. It's pretty easy. Oh, for sure. And it's, it's definitely easier to look at because you're just like, all right, this is where I can put things and edit yeah. kind of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, so before I go, I mean, like the show's called Strange Neighborhood Podcast, and it like originally was about people's like weird stories of like it still is kind of. But um, do you have any like weird stories like of like ghosts or UFOs or anything that you want to tell? You know, it's really funny. Uh, there's so many haunted things here in Vancouver. Like Riverview, for example, it's the old mental asylum asylum grounds, and the new one is built next to it. Like they're not far away from each other, but the old asylum grounds they're used a lot for film. And oh, we go yeah. in the Eastlawn Building, we'll go into like the Crease Building, which is like the creepiest building of them all. Crease is like super fucking. Bleh. You walk into these buildings. And I shit you not, you feel the presence of these things. Um, There is a new show. It's a series. And it's about werewolves and vampires and all that kind of stuff. 
that's filmed at Riverview. I actually just watched it not too long ago. And I actually met the sister of one of the actresses at Cactus Club. <laughs> nice. At Cactus Club. World. That's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I've seen some ghosts. I've seen those yeah. at the West Lawn building in the fucking in but the window. Haunted, that like everyone's seeing shit when you're there. Is it like fucking spooky? Oh, dude, yeah. Like uh, these uh, Jenny rigs that we have, they go up, you know, 60 feet in the air. We'll have a guy that's like 25 feet in the air because he's acting like a fake moon in the sky, basically. Yeah. And I have to guard this Jenny to make sure there's no cars going to go by it. Nobody's going to walk underneath it. All that kind of stuff because of safety. Mm-hmm. And we're right next door to the West Lawn building. And it's gated. Like, you're not allowed to go in this building whatsoever because it will basically corrode down on you. And there are times that I look up in the window and I would just jokingly say to myself, you know, it'd be really creepy but kind of cool at the same time if someone was at one of these windows. And then I look back over at set and I'm just like, do 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 do. And then I look back over the building and I see a fucking figure and I'm like, <laughs> oh my god, creepy. <laughs> and I'm like pinching myself and I'm like, you're not sleeping. <laughs> like, have you sleeping after this? <laughs> anyway, like, fuck. <laughs> creepy. So yeah, that's really cool. <laughs> and like the people in the film industry all kind of know that these places are like that. And like, it's like, a- oh, yeah. Uh, so, like, you meet someone that's called a liaison that knows the building or the person of the property or like a park or anything like that. And they will share with you, like, oh, yeah, you know, a long time ago. Uh, this was here and it was this and then it became this and they know like the whole history fact of like that land and mm-hmm. whatnot right because they have to learn about it in case somebody asks any specific questions um, especially with our location managers and our assistant location managers we always have to ask them like where are we allowed to go and where are we not allowed to go on these grounds just so like we keep people in close quarters, especially at Riverview, because they're very strict when it comes to um, where people go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is understandable because there's rules, yeah, there's rules, and they're asbestos buildings too, oh, right? Yeah, so yeah. Area that you shouldn't be in, you probably <clears throat> shouldn't be in there. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. But yeah, um, really Burning cool. Village Museum. Uh, not the village museum, but it's a different house that's next to like the pottery house, which is closer to the cop shop. That house is also haunted. Hmm. So that's an interesting one too. And you can actually go in there and have a tour and pay and actually oh, walk Oh, like a, a haunted tour or like a historical tour? It's a historical tour, but it's still haunted. Nice. Yeah. And the person oh. that works there knows that <clears throat> is there all the time and it's a woman and there was a time that I went into this room and there was this really old school rocking chair and it was rocking back and forth very slightly. So I stopped it and I thought, was it the wind from the open window or was someone just in this room and they abruptly got off the chair and then it's just like slowing down in its pace by mm-hmm. the time I got to it. And 
I stopped it and I was like, you know what? And I looked underneath its feet and I looked from behind. I was like, there's a little switch, isn't there? There's a switch. Don't talk with me. Talk <laughs> with me, right? And then I just looked at it. I was like, nope, it's solid wood. There's no creases. There's no James Bond shit. Like nothing, right? And I look up and I'm looking down the hall and you see these windows and you can see the light that's like coming through the windows. Yeah. And you see little specks of dust and whatever that's yeah. flying in the air. But you also see a figure of a woman and she's looking out the window and then she looks down at you this way and she's like, I was sitting there, you know. She <laughs> said that? Just like, she said that to looking, you? Well, just like how she looked oh, at Oh, just how me. she looked at you? Yeah. I was like, I was like <laughs> you were sitting in that chair and I moved it. Oh, She's like, that's my chair, bitch. Like, and oh I just kind of looked at her and I was like, so sorry. So sorry. <laughs> Please sorry. forgive me. <laughs> <laughs> you fucking creep. Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. That's so interesting. <laughs> I was white as a ghost. Came downstairs, looked at a receptionist. I'm like, <laughs> so... I met the lady of the house. Right? I met the lady of the house. And she was just like, oh, you saw her? And I'm just like, how are you so pink in the face? Like, (laughs) I'm going home. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah, I thought maybe there'd be like some, like, I feel like with like movie production, there's always like these kind of, paranormal stories like tied to that kind of work for some reason maybe just because the locations that they choose right oh it's definitely the location so when you go out to like Langley or Abbotsford and you're in like farmland for example first thing in the morning when you're there and it's like this time of year foggy it's so foggy and eerie because you're just like oh Fog like eats sound, so like that's what it does. So eerie, it's just so like dead, muffled. muffled. And you're just like, yeah. I kind of like it, but it's something, and I jumped because I was just like, who like this? Yeah, (laughs) I bet. And I bet if you're like filming creepy stuff too, and then the place is creepy, and then it creeped out, and then yeah, <laughs> gives an eerie vibe anyway to the whole thing. Oh, totally. Uh, in the crease building, um, there's legit signs on the doors at a certain point. If you go past this door, we might not be able to find you. Why? So, in crease where these doors go there's a very long tunnel but there's all these other rooms that there's are in always between. tunnels under these creepy places there's always tunnels uh there's <clears> even <throat> tunnels underneath the canada post building in downtown vancouver i bet you downtown is full of tunnels that people don't even know about it is it's full of tunnels all um, the cities are like that it's so fucking weird i'll tell you a quick story on that it's uh when vancouver was a port and being fastly built and whatnot they built these tunnels uh not only because they were used by whatever trains but because if you were 
not white, basically, you had a curfew. So you weren't allowed out of the city at a certain time or you would be arrested and put into jail because you broke the law of this curfew. Mm. So there were people that had to make friends with friendly white people to be like, hey, if I gave you whatever money, can you go grab me groceries and meet me at the tunnel in this area at this time with groceries? And they're like, yeah, absolutely, right? So there was a network in the tunnels of people to get by in life because certain people weren't allowed to go out at a certain time, let alone when they got off work to not be seen to go home. Like, insanity. Insanity with these tunnels of the story behind it. Like, we don't live like that today, but at the same time, it's like, what if we did like yeah it's just crazy you know that like a few years ago in victoria well quite a few years ago but they found like a tunnel from one of the pubs downtown that led to the entrance or to the empress and um in the tunnel they found all this shit stockpiled there from like 100 years ago or like 120 years ago or whatever like like the turn of the century wow so there was like uh there was like all this furniture and stuff and then there was like some later stuff that was like cars and stuff from like the mid-century and like there's like all this stuff in there that no one knew this tunnel even existed they found like a false wall and then they found it all full of this like victorian furniture and stuff and like interesting stuff like barrels of wine and like yeah oh my god yeah and i think like it's probably the same in vancouver there's probably stuff that got like closed off and then just never yep. was found again right never was found again <clears throat> yeah it's holy shit yeah. i think like there's uh maybe a cbc or something news article about that tunnel if you look it up I'll have to look it up. Yeah, I, I must cool. have missed that one. <laughs> yeah. It was like, maybe it happened quite a few years ago, but I found out about it like just a few years ago. But yeah, I don't know. Nice. It's worth, worth looking at. Interesting story. Interesting <laughs> Good story. little bedtime story. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, let's wrap her up. I've got to go to bed now, I think. <laughs> yeah, go to bed. Yeah. But yeah, it was it was great having you on the show. Like I feel like we filled two hours like really easily. It went by fast. It was good. I I live a colorful life, so we've only we only did one Watch third the of my resume. <laughs> yeah. Um. Do you want anyone to find you online, or like, do you want to drop your socials, or no, or like, it's up to you. I mean, i didn't talk about my trainer <laughs> yeah let's let's just leave that out whatever you could just, yeah you could just um yeah no I'll, I'll just post the episode maybe with your first name and something clever and then uh whoever the right yeah name, the right people will find it when they yeah <laughs> it's not like i said that i did I say that I really like him? Fuck, I need yeah, to do it. You did. You did. <laughs> you did. <laughs> uh, That's hey, okay. We'll keep, you, we'll keep you anonymous-ish. Good. I'll send good. you a picture. <laughs> By the time he hears it, you'll be married to him. It'll be fine. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Kaylin just put it in like, quack. Every time she goes, she's like, quack. 
Wait, 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 wait. It's like, wow, I said it a lot, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. You'll hear it back when you listen. But yeah. Uh yes, yeah, thanks for being on the show and uh we'll probably have you back. Tell us more. Yeah, Another for cool sure. Story. Tell us when you got some more cool film industry stories or you get to see another ghost. And- Oh yeah, no, I got tons of those. <laughs> That's good. Yeah, come back for some ghost stories and uh Yeah, we'll tell some film stories. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. All right. Well, thanks for being on and uh have a good night, Mandy. Good to talk yeah, to you. Yeah, you too. Thanks for All inviting right. me. Take care. Okay. Bye. Bye. Thank you.